0: Hey there, Curious City listeners. I'm reporter Monica Eng. Food can be a great way to dig into Chicago's history, but also our economics, culture, identity, and changing demographics. And for lots of us these days, food is more important than ever. A lot of people have been cooking more and trying new recipes, or just eating more while they're stuck at home. And since we get a lot of questions here at Curious City about food, we've decided to try to answer one food question every month. This week, we're kicking off the series with a question about Thai restaurants from a father and son duo in Hyde Park. And after we answer their questions, we'll give you some tasty tips on how to order and eat Thai food from one of the city's top Thai food masters that's coming up. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the
1: Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org events.
0: Now, if you're like me, you've probably been eating a lot more takeout than usual this year. And one of my favorites is Thai. That's something I have in common with question asker Evan Robinson from Hyde Park. Evan's a high school sophomore, a foodie, and a one-time finalist on MasterChef Junior. He first got in touch with us last winter, before the COVID lockdown started. So I met up with him and his dad Chris at Snail Tie Restaurant on 55th Street. Hey, how are you guys? Right, thanks for meeting me. What a gorgeous day. Beautiful, wow. right? It's a handsome, sunny restaurant right across the street from where Evan gets his braces tightened.
1: Whenever I come over here for uh, dental appointments, we always see like all the different Thai restaurants right on the street. And then I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy how there's three on this one block right here.
0: And so that got Evan and his dad Chris thinking.
2: How can there be so many Thai restaurants here? But then I also thought of thinking about other neighborhoods that I lived in in Chicago, and there seems to be a Thai restaurant in almost every neighborhood.
0: He's right. Even with some recent closures, some due to the pandemic, we've got a lot of Thai restaurants. At last count in Illinois, there were like 260. And that's in a state with only about 10,000 Thai people. That's one Thai restaurant for every 38 Thai people. About twice the national average. So Chris and Evan wanted to know, how did we get so many Thai restaurants here? Well, there are a bunch of reasons for this. But first, you need to know that in the 70s, Illinois became a really big destination for Thai immigrants. In fact, the third biggest destination in the country after L.A. and New York. Lots of people came to Illinois as students, but many others came as medical professionals to fill a need in hospitals. People like Chanpen Pen Ratana.
1: I came as a nurse. Oh. I get the permanent visa to do nursing. But she also knew
0: how to cook.
1: I learned from watching my mom when she cooked for us, and I like to help her in the kitchen. So people like Ratna,
0: they missed their national food. And in the 70s, started opening small, homey restaurants for their fellow Thais.
1: I opened my restaurant in 1979. At the, at the time, I think I'm number number nine in Chicago.
0: Her restaurant is The Thai Room in North Center one of the few pioneer restaurants still left today. At first, she says business was slow. But by the 80s, Chicagoans had gone crazy for Thai food.
1: I used to have a customers that lie up from the door, the front door, and they wait for two, three hours to get in.
0: Ratana herself ended up opening three more restaurants. Chicago's hunger for it seemed insatiable.
1: After that, it seemed like every few months, a Thai restaurant popped pop up. Every few months.
0: So, to recap, starting in the 70s, Chicago got this big influx of Thai immigrants. A lot of them opened restaurants, and Chicagoans loved them. So, that's how we got so many Thai restaurants. But then there's the question of why. Like, why do so many Thais decide to start restaurants? I put that question to a bunch of Thai cooks, restaurateurs, diplomats, and restaurant watchers. And they came up with a few main reasons. First, well, many people told me Thais are just natural cooks.
2: They can cook anything, and they love to eat.
0: That's chef Arun Sampatavivat. And this claim may not be scientific, but I heard it from government officials and scholars too. Plus, it's hard to argue with Arun's own story. He came here in the 80s to study political science. But within a few years, the untrained grad student became a world-famous Thai chef. Arun himself thinks it may have something to do with the fact that Buddhist Thais grow up bringing fine food offerings to shrines.
2: A lot of Thai go to temple. And, you know, when they go to temple, they bring good food to temple. and must be the special kind of food. You know, to offer food to the Holy Spirit or the Buddha or whatever, you have to do the best of what you can do. Yeah. So that's how I learned, you know, indirectly, you may say.
0: Another reason? Well, experts like Ulrika Gullik of the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor in Bangkok say Thais are super entrepreneurial. Like Ratana and Arun, they really like to start their own businesses. And the numbers back this up.
1: Talent is very, very positive towards entrepreneurs and towards entrepreneurship. We have 20% of the population who start a business, and we have roughly 20% of the population who run established businesses.
0: And that's a lot higher than most countries surveyed. They even outrank the U.S. Sheffaroon agrees about the Thai penchant for running their own businesses. But he puts it another way.
2: Thai people don't like to be hired by anyone. They are not that good employees, you know, (laughs) but they can be the good boss.
0: And remember that cluster of Thai places on 55th that our question askers noticed? Arun says that comes from another Thai trait. He says his countrymen aren't afraid to emulate. Some might even say copy their successful competitors. Even if that means opening up right on the same block.
2: Thai people always like to follow kind of fashion or Mm. trend. When one is doing this, the other one would like to do too. The other one, before you know it, it's all in the market, you know.
0: And the last reason? Well, there's this Thai government program that started about 20 years ago. And it helps Thai restaurants market themselves. The aim is to boost tourism by essentially getting people to fall in love with Thai food. And the program has helped put Thai food on the map all over the world. Folks at the Thai consulate tell me the program used to offer funding assistance for things like startup loans and cooking lessons, but today it's mostly about marketing. They do this by giving certain restaurants a sticker they can put in their window with the words Thai Select. Restaurants can earn them by meeting certain standards of authenticity and using real Thai ingredients. Here in Chicago, you can find the diamond-shaped sticker in a bunch of restaurant windows, including JJ Thai Street Food, Aroy Thai, and Herb. When I tell all this to Evan, he's pretty surprised but it also makes sense.
1: I guess it kind of shows why we see like the big uh, groups on this one block right here. I guess you could see uh, why the restaurants are just sprouting up all over the place. And his dad thinks it's pretty cool.
2: I also think it's kind of interesting that there's just such agreement with the different restaurants that yeah, we can live with each other. It's okay, we can coexist and everyone's fine. And I guess that does explain all the different groupings and clustering that you see out there. So I, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs>
0: Does it make your Thai eating experience any different? I
1: still love it.
2: (laughs) Good answer. Good answer.
0: So now you know why Chicago has so many Thai restaurants. When we come back, a few tips for the best way to order and eat Thai food. Right after this. So yeah, we've got a lot of Thai restaurants in the Chicago area, and a lot of us know the basics of what to order, but I asked Chef Arun Sampataviva to lead me through some tips for making sure we're getting a complete Thai experience, you know, when we get takeout or return to restaurants when they reopen again. He took me through the meal in about six courses.
2: Number one, you have to try curries. Any type of curry, green curry in particular, which is very popular, and either you cook with vegetable only or with shrimp or with chicken or with fish ball, or whatever, you know.
0: Okay, so number one, a green curry.
2: Number one is curry.
0: Okay.
2: Green, maybe come to mind first, okay? People
0: like specific.
2: Okay. Uh, specific, then you can start with green curry.
0: Okay, got it. Start with that green curry with vegetable or meat.
2: Okay. Number two, you got to try any type of Thai salad.
0: Salads like spicy lob with ground meat or some tum with strips of green papaya. Arun says they all usually feature meat and vegetables, but the key is the fresh
2: herbs lemongrass, cafe lime leaves, cilantro, charlotte, Thai chili peppers, and mint leaves. These are just a few. Number three, You've got to try at least one kind of Thai soup.
0: He suggests the hot and sour clear soup called tam yam, or tam ka, which adds coconut milk. If you've got a cold, he says these herby soups are just what the doctor ordered.
2: It's very refreshing and bright, not to mention very medicinal. It can kill your cold.
0: It's true. A doctor even told me she recommends these Thai herby soups for colds.
2: Better than the chicken soup.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I tell you. No, no, no. Okay. So much better. And after the soup? Number four, you have to try some type of stir-frying cooking. Mostly pad thai or chicken basil. And number five, I would say you can try some type of fried thing.
0: Like the fried fish cake called tadmun, served with fresh vegetables and a dipping sauce. Then, if you're feeling adventurous, Arun suggests a special steam dish. A curry fish custard called hamok.
2: It's cooked with the fish, maybe the red snapper, and mixed with the freshly ground, you know, curry paste, mixed with coconut milk, almost like a souffle in the banana leaves. That is the best of the best of, the, you know, Thai cooking that you have not known. The public doesn't know.
0: So now you do know.
2: You want to add more?
0: Dessert. What's dessert? Uh, she didn't control? ask
2: me about dessert. One dessert that can go with any, anywhere would be the mango and sticky rice.
0: So that's what to order. But how should you eat it? I want all you listeners to raise your hands if you've ever asked for chopsticks at a Thai restaurant. Well, here's what Arun says about that.
2: You should not, you know, if you know Thai food, if you want to show them that you really know Thai food, do not ask for chopsticks.
0: That's because Thai culture is not a chopstick culture. Instead, they use a fork and spoon. Arun explains here.
2: You hold the spoon in your right hand, fork in your left. And then the way you do it, look carefully, you take the food or with the back of the fork, you know, try to push it into the spoon, like this. By side, one little side, one little by size, and you just put in your mouth, you know, with the spoon. If food is everywhere like this, that's the way you do it. It's a very proper way to try to wrap up the food, that it always look good on your plate. Do not make it look messy because, you know, it, it, you always like to make sure it pleases your eyes as well. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: If you want to see the Forkspoon demonstration, go to our Curious City Facebook page, where we've posted a nifty video of the whole thing. And finally, I did this interview with Chef Arun last year on March 10th. At the time, a mysterious coronavirus was circulating in Asia, but we weren't yet sure if it would hit the U.S., We talked about it as I packed up my recording equipment, then Arun got really serious, and he gave me one last piece of advice. He told me about this hundred-year-old Buddhist prophecy that said 2020 was going to be a really bad year across the whole world, and that I should be careful. I tried not to let it spook me, but I did put my scarf over my face as I took a cab back to the office. A week later, Governor Pritzker pretty much shut down the state, and we all know how the rest of 2020 went. So here we are, nearly a year after that interview, and I'm hoping that this bad period is ready to come to an end, sparing as many Chicago restaurants, including the Thai ones, as possible. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Our audio producers are Stephen Jackson and Joe Dussault. Our digital producer is Maggie Sivet. Our editor is Alexandra Solomon. I'm Monica Eng.